found in uh, Exodus, the 20th chapter, 4 through the 6th verses. It's a part of uh, the pericope that is known as the Ten Commandments. And this passage deals with the second commandment. The second commandment. Amen? So let's read it together. You shall make... I'm sorry. I messed that up. <laughs> I admit it. I'm going to push the refresh button. The reset. Let's go. Let's do it again. You shall not make for yourself or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Amen. Somebody say, thank you for the word. It is a light unto our pathway. Praise God. And we just pray God just light it up today. Somebody say, light it up, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. We'll mention a couple other things uh, a little bit later. We'll move into the word right now. Um, this is the last message in the series, uh, Service Over Self. In acrostic, we use SOS, Service Over Self. SOS. Amen, somebody. And uh, we thought it would be good to, to bring to bear that this has been something that God has been calling us to do from the begin very beginning of him establishing certain rules and regulations, policies, and procedures to live by as the people of God. So the first policy manual, per se, is the Ten Commandments. Amen? It gives us some to-dos. Most of the Ten Commandments is about don't do. This one is also about to do. And it's the only commandment that gives uh, some consequences for when you don't do it and, when you, and consequences for when you do do it. <laughs> Amen? You know, in other words, it's, it, it, it says... Okay, if you don't fulfill this, there's a punishment. But if you fulfill this promise, there's a blessing. Amen? He gets into both of those areas with this particular commandment, and that's, that's refreshing. That grace had already, had already begun to arrive, even in the law of God. And this second commandment, you can imagine, Moses is coming down off the mountain, Mount Sinai, to present, you know, these tablets that God himself had fashioned and he had wrote in stone his commandments. And he's coming down off the mountain all disappointed. Amen? Because what he witnesses is that, you know, his, his brother Aaron has proceeded to uh, uh, craft or design uh, a graven image. A graven image can be chiseled, it can be melted or molded, you know, but, uh, but they had made this golden calf. 
and had to accumulate the gold from the people to create this image that they could sacrifice to and worship. So here, the one true living God has uh, set them free, and they've already turned their backs on him just in a small period of time. And they have begun uh, to look elsewhere, to focus backward, amen, to try to discover another source of fulfillment and satisfaction and to appease these images. Amen, somebody. And uh, Aaron, as we always do, even in the first, in Genesis, the blame shifting takes place. Aaron begins to blame the people. Aaron says, well, you know, the people made me do it. Amen. But ultimately, he was responsible for their corruption. But as a result of their unfaithfulness and their idolatry, uh, this adulterous generation that had lost their focus on God, uh, 3,000 folk died that day because of the wrath of God. Have mercy, Lord. And uh, the people were hurled into a season of, of waywardness, lostness, aimlessness, and purposelessness. Amen. And that's what happens when we lose our way, when we change our focus, when we, uh, you know, worship something or somebody other than the real God. Amen, somebody. You know, other than the real God. Or when we make up a God. Amen. You know, we're still making up gods, you know. We're still creating God in our own image. You know you got the wrong God if God hates all the same people you do. <laughs> Amen, somebody. You know, <laughs> you know, that's what gets me about some cultic activity. You know, they got a God that hates certain racial groups, certain ethnic groups, you know, certain, you know, so, so a prejudicial God, a God that's not big enough to include everybody and anybody. Amen, somebody. But a God that uh, has relegated himself to just love a certain people group or a certain race or a certain tribe. And so, so that's a hateful God. Amen, somebody. You know you got a problem if you got a hateful God. He agrees with you in the midst of your maliciousness. Amen. Yeah. I know God going to get him or get her. Amen, somebody. So God is relegated to just, uh, you know, our attack dog. Amen. So God becomes... The one we shout, sick him. Amen. That's not the God, the real God. Amen, somebody. It's a counterfeit. So the people returned to what was familiar. And what was familiar is what is culturally, what we're culturally indoctrinated into. Amen. Uh, what was familiar is what was comfortable, what, what they were accustomed to. And what was popular, what was, uh, what was uh, you know, the, 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 the fad of the day. So they, they, their focus was backwards. And God, through Moses, called them a stiff-necked people. 
Amen, somebody. Stick, stiff neck, just inflexible. You, you know, you, you, I don't know if you saw, see this in older people sometimes. The neck get a little stiff. Sometimes the neck get a little stiff. So instead of them turning the neck like this, they turn their whole body. <laughs> that ain't funny. You never know when you might be in that condition. But you need to keep your neck flexible. Keep, keep it on a swivel. Amen. They said, well, you know, your neck is stiff. In other words, you know, it's, it's, it's rotating in the wrong direction. It's not flexible enough to see, to sense, to discern, and to experience God for who he really is. You've been relegated to a stiffness, an inflexibility, a, a, a hardness, a coldness, a callousness, a, a kind of indifference that prevents you from really sensing and seeing God. And God says, I want you to keep your head on a swivel or you'll miss me. Amen, somebody. Uh, be alive, be active, be engaged. Sense and see me in every, in every place and in every way. Don't, don't shirk your responsibility to see me and to serve me and to love me and to worship me. But self will start you in this whole process of seeking an image. Amen. An, an idol. And there's, there's, there's a plethora of them. They are, they are plentiful in our culture. Amen, somebody. And you don't have to go far. You don't have to go outside of yourself. Yourself can be your idol. Amen. Idols are usually not metal anymore. They're more mental. There's a difference between. Not back then, they were metal. Now they're mental. They're in here. They're, they're our obsessions. They're our desires. They're our ambitions. They're our aspirations. They're our they're our image. Amen. And so we're fascinated with our image. You know, what looks good, what feels good, what, what, what we think the world wants from us. Amen. So we spend a lot of time trying to please people. Amen. Please people that we don't even like. Amen, somebody. And they don't like us. <laughs> but we're out to impress the world. God is not impressed with what we are impressed with. Amen. He has a whole different vantage point. And this second commandment, again, points up that if you break this commandment of putting him first, amen, somebody, of serving him only, of putting some graven or crafted or manufactured image in front of him, amen, there's a punishment. But if you keep the promise of God and make sure that he is first, amen, there's a blessing. Amen. God doesn't just want to be chief. He wants to be everything and in everything. Amen, somebody. He doesn't just want to be prominent. He wants to be preeminent. Amen. He wants to be over everything. Amen, somebody. But these carved, chiseled, and cast images try to contain God. Hmm? Just think. You know, they're trying to make something that they can put up on a shelf. Amen. And just have God controlled and contained. You cannot control and you cannot contain God. He's too big. I don't care how high you go, how low you go. You can't get beneath him. You can't get over him. Amen. You can't get around him. God is huge. Amen. He's unfathomable. He's beyond our comprehension, praise God. So we need to have a, have a, have a bigger view of God so, too, too often the, 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 our vision of God is too small. 
Amen, somebody. And our responses, our, 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 our perceived responses to him are inaccurate. Amen, somebody. Because we, again, make up a God. You know, God understands me. He know what I'm like. Amen. He loves me just like I am. Amen, somebody. In other words, I don't need to change. I don't need to shift. I don't need any transitions in my life. You know, I don't, I don't need to bow. But, but, but again, it's the manufacturing of a God. And guess what? We, we obsess with that which we create. create. You know, we, we obsess with that that we create. Amen? We're creative. Don't get, don't get it twisted. That's when we're most like God. We are creative people. We manufacture and make some beautiful stuff and things. The clothes, the apparel that you wear, the fashion industry. Amen? It's phenomenal. The marketing prowess. You know, the technology. All the things that that God, we're like God when we're in this creative process and then we sit back and obsess and admire and enjoy what we've created, amen? And, and, and what, what that translates into is we bow down to what we have manufactured. Amen, somebody? We bow, we make it, then we bow to it. That's what the scripture says. The scripture says we make something and then you wind up you know, bow into it. He said, don't bow to it and don't serve it. So last week I was talking about this fascination and this, unfortunately, we, we, can, we can make money. We can bow down to money, things, possessions, amen, positions. We can bow down to all of that. Amen, somebody. So now I'm talking about, hey, hey, what, what are you bowing down to that, that gets in the way of your worship in the true God? An idol is anything that I worship, that I ought to be using. Amen? Or anything I use that I ought to be worshiping. You want to hear that again? Anything I worship that I ought to be using, or anything I use that I ought to be worshiping. Amen, somebody. So we make God into an idol if, he, if, I, if it's just about me using him. Amen. He's not the real God if it's just about me getting the best stuff out of him, getting the best opportunities out of him, him open doors that no man can shut, shut doors that no man can open. I'm the head and not the tail. You know, I'm his child and I'm blessed and highly favored. He came that I might have life, that I might have it more abundantly. Amen, somebody. So all the goodies, that's using him. Amen, somebody. When I just treat him like a cosmic bellhop or like Santa Claus, you just bring the goodies, baby. Just bring the goodies. That's, what, that's your role. So we put God in a box and we make him into a caricature. Amen. Amen. A cartoon, if you will. And God is not a cartoon character. It's not a caricature that we create. Amen. These mental images of God must be converted to concede and yield to the true image of God. That's what he's saying. Hey, I want you to bow to me. Amen? So we need to make an idle inventory. An idle inventory. You know, what's my idol? Amen? The American idol. Amen? You know, what is it I love and want too much? 
You know, anything that you want too much is probably an idol. Amen, somebody. I got, got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Want it too much, it's an idol. Amen. If, if I can't survive the loss of it, it's an idol. Amen, somebody. You know, if I can't survive it being damaged, it's an idol. I'm going to lose my mind. If this particular thing is damaged or destroyed or demolitioned, I'm going to lose it. Amen. I can't go on without it. Amen. It's an idol. Amen, somebody. So we need to ask ourselves, what are the idols in our lives? Amen. I think of God as. That's when I'm creating God. I think of God as. You just made up a God. What you mean you think of God as? How can you think of God as? Your, 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 your brain ain't big enough to, I'm thinking of God as all good, all loving. I think of God as too good to create a hell. You just created a God, your own God, based on your own thoughts and fathomings. I think of God too good to judge me or condemn me in any way. He's a redemptive force. He is, but he's balanced. Amen, somebody. So we need to worship, pray to, study about the God of the Bible. Somebody say the God of the Bible. That means I got to become kind of literate in the Bible. I got to kind of understand the Bible. I got to study the Bible. I got to get into the Bible. I got to not just hear it, but, uh, you know, read it and study it and, and, and meditate on it. Praise God. The Word of God says we ought to meditate on it day and night. Amen. That ought to be our session because the logos, the word is God and God is the word. So we need to know the word and when we know the word, it will set us free. Amen. God just wants me to be happy. That ain't necessarily true. God may want to make you uncomfortable. Amen. So he can get you to true happiness. Amen, somebody. So I would, I'm, so it, again, these imaginings about who the real God is. Amen. The word says, don't bow down to any other God. Serve God. Serve God. Serve him only. He said, because if you bow down, this is, this is, this is the power, one of the powerful things about this text. It says, not only do you affect yourself, you affect others. Amen. You affect the next generation by your waywardness, your unfaithfulness. Amen. Uh, by your unwillingness to worship the true God, you affect your children and your children's children, your, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. For generations, we affect generations by how we respond to God. But then he goes on to say, when we do respond to God, that a thousand years is made the better because of our right responses. So rather than generations being twisted and tainted, a thousand years has been changed. Amen, somebody. I want that thousand year blessing. What about y'all? See, see, I want that intergenerational, that multi-generational blessing. Not just a blessing for me and mine, but a blessing for the generations to come. Amen, somebody. Do you want the generations to come to be blessed? Well, right now you're establishing whether the generations to come are blessed or cursed. So do you want a blessing for the next generation? That's the question because generations are affected in terms of they're affected by how we respond to God. Amen, somebody. So just think about it. You know, if I'm 
if I'm hostile toward people or toward my children, you know, they learn to be hostile. Amen. If I'm mean-spirited, the next generation learns to be mean-spirited. Amen, somebody. If I'm critical, the next generation learns to condemn. If I'm, if I'm hostile again, the next generation learns to fight. If, I'm, if, I, if I ridicule folk, the next generation learns how to withdraw. Amen, somebody. If, 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 I'm, if I'm shameful, you know, in terms of how I shame people out, the next generation learns to feel guilt. So, so the next generation is influenced and affected by our living this out. Our kids absorb, absorb, they absorb, they observe, and then they absorb who we are. So the question is, are we lining up? Amen. You know, if I was a Magic fan, you know, my son would probably be a Magic fan. Amen. And I would have a problem, and he would too. Amen. Y'all know some of y'all done passed on your, your, your being a fan to your children. Some of y'all fan, fam you fans, and now your children fam you fans. Uh, Bethune-Cookman fans, now they die-hard Bethune-Cookman friends. L.A. Lakers fans, now Patriots fans. They won't die like fans make fans. Amen, somebody. So the question is, are you making a fan for God? Amen. Is your child excited about God because you're excited about God? Is your, is your child and next generation enthusiastic about God? Or have you passed on a disdain, a contempt, or just an aloofness about who God is to the next generation? Amen. And if you have, you need to ask God, God, help me to reverse the curse. Help me to change the mindset. Help me to get my child on track to be a part of a new family tree. Part of a spiritual DNA. A family of God that carries to the next and the next and the next and the next generation for a thousand years. Amen. Isn't that what you really want? Isn't that what you're really all about? You're really all about, I mean, even a deadbeat dad love that little baby. Amen, somebody. Ooh, look at my beautiful little baby. Amen. May not know what to do with them, but I love them for a season. Amen. We all want better for the next generation. Amen, somebody. We want them to do better than we did. We want them to go further than we did. We want them to be more educated than we were. We want them to, to avoid some of the pitfalls that we went through. We want them to distance themselves from some of our errors and mistakes. We want them to be better. Amen, somebody. Well, my contention and Scripture's contention is today they can't be better unless they're better spiritually. Amen. And they can't be better spiritually if I'm not better spiritually. Amen, somebody. So God says, look, I'm a jealous God. Amen. I want your undivided attention. I, you know, we, we, we use jealousy as a negative thing, but in God's case, it's not negative. Jealousy in its purest form means warmth and passion. Amen. God says, I have warmth. I'm on fire for you. And I got passion about you. Amen, somebody. And I want your attention. So jealous, you might say that he's zealous. Jealous, zealous. He's excited about us. 
Amen, somebody. He's enthusiastic about us. But he also doesn't want to go through spiritual betrayal, rejection, disloyal, disloyalty, or infidelity. Amen. He wants us to not be what the scripture calls an adulterous generation. Amen. He wants us to be a generation that follows after him. But adultery does this. It's got, you know, it's like, uh, it's like if I, if I had uh, somebody else's picture in my wallet other than my wife's. <laughs> Amen. Or she's got some other, some man, some other man's picture in her wallet other than her husband. Uh, do you think I could not tolerate that, that there? Amen, somebody. God saying, you got somebody else's picture in, my, in your wallet. What's wrong with you? Amen, somebody. He said, I'm a jealous God. I don't like that. You know? But he also doesn't like you got a picture of a centipede or a worm in your wallet, and you say, that's God. That ain't God. That's a worm. Amen. He doesn't want an ugly picture of himself in your wallet. You know, who wants an ugly picture, a deformed, a defective, an inferior picture of the, of the one true God in their wallet? Amen, somebody. You know, you don't want that. God said, I don't want to be looking like a worm and I'm an eagle. I eat worms. Amen, somebody. You know, no, eagle don't even eat worms. I'm bigger than that. I'm higher on the food chain. I'm just giving a little illustration about the difference in fidelity. God wants this spiritual fidelity, this faithfulness, praise God. And he's calling us to serve him. And when we serve, we show faithfulness and fidelity to him. Amen. When we earmark time, when we have margin in our lives, where we decide that God is real and God is worthy and that God needs time, minutes, and money. Amen, somebody. I'm going to invest and involve myself in what God wants me involved in. And as a result, we profess to him a love. And we began to develop the true picture of who he really is. A true image for who he really is. Because what he's really saying here is, I don't want any other false images before me. Amen? I don't want anything else to represent me that's not true and not authentic and not genuine. I want a genuine image of me in your heart and in your mind. I don't want metal image. I don't want a mental image that's off. Amen. I want the true image of me in your heart and in your mind. And, said, and this is the second commandment. So from the beginning of him setting up rules and regulations, amen, he came out with this, that, hey, I want the right image of you in my mind, and I want you to worship me further in the New Testament, he said, in spirit and in truth. Amen, somebody. Leviticus 26, 1, it says, you shall not make idols for yourselves or erect an image or pillow and you shall not set up a figured stone in your land to bow down to for I am the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 9 and 16 and I looked and behold you had sinned against the Lord your God you had made yourselves a golden calf you had turned aside quickly from the way that the Lord had commanded you. 1 Kings 12 and 28. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. And he said to the people, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold your gods, 
O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Amen. In Acts 7 and 41, and they, and they made a calf in those days and offered a sacrifice to the idols and were rejoicing in the works of their hands. Were rejoicing in the works of their hands. Amen. Rejoicing in your work, in your profession, in your vocation, in your occupation, in what you do. Taking your identity from what you're doing for how you perform. Amen, somebody. He said, look, you're rejoicing too much in that. You need to rejoice in me. I'm the one who gave the ability. I'm the one who gave you the opportunity. I'm the one that opened the door. I'm the one that gave you the skill and the expertise. I'm the one, praise God, who made the atmosphere conducive for you to produce. You need to give me glory, honor, and praise for being the source of your supply. Amen, somebody. You know, but God turned away and gave them over to worship the host of heaven as it is written in the book of prophets. Did you bring to me slain beasts and sacrifices during the 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? Amen, somebody. Nehemiah 9 and 17. I just want to give you what the word says. is that they refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them. They had a kind of spiritual amnesia. That's what he's saying. But they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive. Talking about the nature of God. Ready to forgive. Always on ready to forgive. Gracious and merciful. Slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and did not forsake them. Even when they had made for themselves a golden calf and said, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt and had committed great blasphemies, apostasies against God. Amen, somebody. God says, for you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous, a jealous God. Amen, somebody. Hosea 1, 2. You know, this image we carry, so you know this image is something I'm not just making up. It says, when the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, go take for yourself a wife of whoredom and, and have children. In, in some uh, translations, he said, go take for yourself a prostitute and have children with the prostitute. For the land commits great prostitution for forsaking, for forsaking the Lord. So God wrote, a, he had a whole book written to talk about unfaithfulness. Amen, somebody. And to talk about the imagery, how I feel. Amen. Unfaithfulness. I want to connect this to me. And I want to extend you grace. I want you to love me first and foremost. I want you to turn your attention to me. Amen, somebody. And serve me only. I want you to serve others as if serving me. Amen. I want you to clear your mind of images that are unhealthy. Uh, images that are, that's, that are society driven and culturally driven. I want you to even clean up the desires of your heart so that your heart can be made contrite, contrite and clear and clean, purified and perfected, sanctified and blessed by my power made manifest in you, praise God. I got something for you, amen, and I don't want you to miss it by serving a false God. I want your picture of me to be the right picture, amen, somebody. I want you to have a picture of me that's in line with my word, will, and ways. Amen. In Ezekiel 18 and 20, the soul who sins shall die, the son shall not suffer for the iniquity of the father, nor the father suffer the iniquity of the son. 
I'm just, right now, there's a renewal of policy. A new policy has just been instituted. He said, okay, at first, you, you know, the son was also responsible for the sins of the father. Now he's saying, you know something? I'm going to no longer make the sons responsible for the sins of the fathers. They're going to have to stand on their own. Amen, somebody. That's good news. Amen, somebody. The righteousness and the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. In other words, if you're righteous, you're righteous. You can't inherit that from nobody. If you're wicked, you're wicked. You can't inherit wickedness from anybody either. I'm going to sever the tie, sever that kind of connection. And so the old African proverb used to say that no one's path has to cross another's to God. Amen? I don't need a, 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 you know, a go-between to get to God. God can touch me. God can bless me. God can connect with me and I can connect with him. I can get a prayer through. I can get my own worship through. I don't need a mediator or a go-between or a priest. Amen, somebody. Because God has allowed me to come boldly to the throne of grace. Praise God. That's good news that you can come all by yourself. Praise God. What does that mean? That means I can break a generational curse. You don't hear me. I said that means that I can break a generational curse. Just because dad and mama or auntie or uncle was that way don't mean I got to be that way. God can break it. Amen. God can bless me. God can de detach me from any wickedness of the past. And God can detach me from the things that caused me to go to the left when I ought to be going to the right. God has a new plan, a new purpose, a new, a new opportunity for each one of us, praise God. We can walk in his will and in his word and in his ways independent from the influence of the past. We can break away from our shady passes. We can break away from the generational curses. We can break away from the family DNA that is imperfect and salt, and he can purify us and make us white like lamb's wool. Praise God. That's what he has for us. A brand new opportunity. But the book of Acts gives us an example of one of the things that's needed and necessary to move forward. In 19th chapter, the 19th verse, it says, and a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Can you imagine? You know, you've had this idol of believing that you could be a witch or a warlock, amen, that you could perform magic and you could sway and influence the world and the elements. And here you are because you met the one true God, the one living God, because you had an encounter with Jesus, the Christ. Guess what happens? You take on a different posture and you decide to bring that very thing that you've been committed to, that you've been dedicated to that you've been studying studying we all study stuff like well I don't like to study no you're studying you're just studying in a different way amen somebody and studying a different topic but he said look the thing that I've been studying the thing that I've been trying to become an expert at the very scrolls the books the tablets that are worth a whole lot of money I bring those before my God and I lay them on the altar and I burn them 
Can you imagine the level of commitment and dedication? It, 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 it's, it, it's a signal of a new life. It's the signal of a fresh start. It's the signal of a new beginning. Praise God. And, and, and sometimes we got to look around and say, you know something? I need to give this away. I need to get rid of this. Amen, somebody. I need to lay this on the altar and burn it to a crisp. Amen, somebody. Because it is no longer going to handle me, manage me. I'm no longer going to give my soul, my heart, my mind, my time, my energy, my effort. I'm not going to invest so much into that anymore. Praise God. I'm changing my heart. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my my life, praise God. I am refocused, recalibrated, redirecting my attention toward the God of the universe, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Nothing else is going to be able to take the place of God but the real God. No more counterfeits. Amen, somebody. No more fakes. Amen. No, 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 no mask anymore. I'm coming and I'm worshiping the loving and the true God. I'm no longer worried about who's looking or what other people think. I'm dedicating and committing myself to him. I raise holy hands and worship to him. I shout to the housetops, hallelujah, God, you are God. I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my soul. I love you with all my strength. I love you with all I am, praise God. So I give over to worshiping of the loving and the living God, and nothing else is going to get in the way of my worship of you. Nothing. Nobody. Nothing. Nobody, nothing, nobody, nothing, nobody, nothing, nobody is going to get in the way of me coming into your presence with thanksgiving and entering into your holy precincts with praise and thanksgiving in my heart. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. So even if it's worth a lot of money to you, amen, I lay it on the altar. So how do I, how do I get to this place where I picture the right image of God by putting myself on the altar by becoming a living sacrifice by surrendering and submitting to him by coming to the places of influence amen to be influenced to the glory of almighty God by saying God make me mold me shape in the name of Jesus Christ. God, you go ahead and take me. And then even our trials turn into refinement. We're going to have trials one way or the other. We're going to have tribulations, trouble, suffering, sickness, difficulty, amen, struggles one way or the other. But they, they, they turn into, as a result of our submitting to God, they turn into refinement, a refinement process. Amen, somebody. But God is making you better. God is making you over. Somebody say, God, give me a spiritual makeover. Amen. Just make me over. Amen. Make me look good on the inside because I'm no longer that concerned about the outside. Yeah, I'm going to take care of the outside, but I'm not going to worship the outside. I'm going to let you get up in the inside. Occupy me. Take up residence in me and change my heart. Then what happens is, what happens even if it's bad, you can say all things work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Not that all things are good, but God works it together for our good. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. 
for the transformation and the refinement process. Amen. One instance, this, this, this young person was watching a silversmith. Amen, somebody. And watching them refine a piece of silver. And the silversmith was sitting there in front of the fire, you know, with tongs, and had that piece of silver right in the middle of the fire, the hottest part of the fire. And, uh, and kept his eyes trained on the piece of silver. Amen, somebody. Placing the silver in the hottest portion of the flames. And the silversmith just sits there and watches, sits there and watches, doesn't take his eye off the silver, sits there and watches. And the young person said, well, how do you know, how do you know when the silver is done? And he said, well, first of all, you gotta watch. You don't, he said, well, you don't ever leave the silver in the flame? No. I'm attentive, I gotta watch because if I leave the silver in the flames uh, too long, you know, one second too long, the silver will be consumed. Amen, somebody, it will be destroyed, but I gotta watch it, and at just the appropriate time, what happens is I can see my image in the silver. Amen? And at the point that I can see myself in the silver, the silver is ready. Amen, somebody. Say, God is taking us through a refining process. You might be in the fire right now, but God is looking to bring you out of the fire when he can see himself in you. He's looking to bring you out of the fire when he can see himself in you. But if he can't see himself in you, he just, now he ain't gonna leave you by yourself if you his. He's going to stay there. He's going to stay there right with you, be in the heat with you, be in the fire with you and hold you there and sustain you there and make sure you don't even burn up. Amen, somebody. But he's waiting to see himself. God is waiting to see himself in you. God is waiting to see his image in you. God is waiting to see his likeness in you. God is waiting to see Jesus in you. Amen, somebody. And when we see Jesus, we see God. Isn't that powerful? One time somebody asked Jesus, God, you know, well, am I going to be able to see God? He said, no, you know, you know, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, all you do got to do is look at me and you'll see God. That reminds me of a little story about the little kid who was drawing God. The kid just drawing God, just drawing God. And, the, and somebody said to him, well, you know, Nobody knows what God looks like. And then the kids say, well, when I'm done, they'll know. <laughs> Jesus has already shown us what God looks like. Amen. What he feels like. Amen. What, what his character is. What his, what his personality traits are. What his interests are. What his motivations are. What his challenges are. Amen, somebody. Jesus has already shown us who God's real enemies are. Amen, somebody. It's not you and I. It's not people. He's able to detach people from the problems and love them anyhow. That's why he loves us while we're yet in sin. He loves people. We got to learn to love like Jesus did. And when, we, when God sees himself in us, he can use us then. He can take us out of flames, out of the flames, and put us to work. A shining 
beacon of light, a valuable commodity ready to be used and blessed to the glory of Almighty God to be take his place in the kingdom's work, to take his place in the kingdom's design, to take his place in the kingdom's development. God wants to see himself in us. Amen, somebody. And when you see it, he sees himself in us, he's going to see people of service, people of humility, people of commitment, people of dedication, people willing to sacrifice, people willing to give, people willing to be a blessing and not a curse. Blessing not just to this generation, but to the next, and the next, and the next, and the next, and the next, leaving a powerful legacy to the glory of Almighty God. Won't you stand all over the house? I want to invite somebody to walk in the image of God. Did you hear me? To walk in the image of God. We're all works in progress. Amen. He's always refining and blessing. But I want to invite somebody to make a choice, to make a decision, to step out on faith, to come forward in his name, to connect, to reconnect, to dedicate or rededicate their lives to the right imagery. Amen. But God is God. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Where I'm beginning to be committed to looking like him. Amen, somebody. Where I proceed in continuing the journey to look like him. So I want to invite somebody to, to connect, to reconnect, to be a part of the family, to be a part of the fold, to be a part of the fellowship, to be a part of the family of God. You can acknowledge him right now. Just step out into these aisles. Come forward in his name. Come in his name. Let him have his way in you today. This is a public opportunity, but you can also fill out the connect card and say, I want to get connected. I want to be a partner. I want to be a member. But now is the time. The word says, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. to make a decision in the name of Jesus. Just come forward in his name. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't he a gracious God? Thank you for capturing my heart.
decision-making time. He is more than enough. Such a loving God. 